Hey guys, and welcome back to the Why Are We Watching This podcast. This week, Zach's starting a cold war and Sean's getting arrested for drinking Canadian beer because we're watching Canadian bacon. Surrender her pronto or we'll level Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> What is up, guys? Yo. I'm Sean. I'm Zach. And this is why we're watching this podcast. This week, we are watching Canadian Bacon. Yeah. Canadian Bacon came out in 1995. It is a comedy film with a rating of PG. We're going to talk about that rating. (laughs) Uh, This movie runs an hour and 36 minutes. It was written and directed by Michael Moore. And if you're thinking to yourself, I think that name's vaguely familiar... Yeah, sounds familiar. Hmm. It's because he made a few documentaries that have been, we'll say, controversial. Fahrenheit 9-11 and Bowling for Columbine are just two of the films that he's made. Uh, Michael Moore's known for being provocative in his films and, and kind of poking fun at the American government. Yeah. This film's no exclusion. Yeah. This film is totally the same. This movie had an IMDb rating of 6 out of 10. The budget of this movie was $11 million. Oh, yeah? How much money do you think they made in the box office for this one? Uh, Ball, think, ballpark me. Ballpark? $11 million. They made $178,104. They didn't even break a hundred, uh, 200 grand. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's rough. rough. Uh, so uh, the synopsis on uh, this movie, uh, in order to improve public opinion, the president attempts to incite a cold war with Canada. Yeah. It, but this movie is sort of convoluted in the way that that goes down. Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, that's kind of why I picked this one, just because I was like, ooh, we're stepping kind of on some lines here, but it's interesting to see this movie unfold. Well, and there's some stuff in this movie that, it's it's I'm going to say right now it's it's a comedy movie and it's laughable and everything is exaggerated and meant to be sort of like a parody of uh of what it is. Yeah. With that being said, this movie is provocative in the sense of it, it, its treatment of the way people react to things. Yeah. And the way that it like the chain of events. I felt like it was kind of honest though in a too. lot of ways. And it does something that I kind of appreciate where it takes the uh these people that are in really high positions, especially in government. And it humanizes them in a way that, uh, when I say humanizes, I mean, you see that they're these completely flawed people that make kind of dumb decisions on a whim. Yeah. And that's entirely this movie. I mean, the way the government is in this movie is they're making decisions based on the way people are going to think of them. Yeah. And we see how that react, like how basically that, uh, causes the whole country to sort of fall apart for a minute. I mean, well, and they, I mean, the whole thing is that they they want to control it, though, too. They're, right. like, trying to twist everything into their favor uh, into getting this reaction into a, a specific way. And then it actually kind of gets out of their hands. Totally. And it, and it's really interesting because the propaganda, I mean, we're already kind of jumping through this, but the propaganda in this movie that they use against Canada, <laughs> it's super, like, it's hilarious. Like, it's yeah, completely it's really feels like a Tim and Eric bit. Yeah, kind of. But it's not that far from, like, real propaganda. I know. That's what's kind of scary about it. Yeah. Well, and then they discuss how, like, they're like, oh, yeah, I love it because, like, that totally makes sense. You know, out of kind of like a smaller thing, but, like. Totally. Yeah. Well, and, like, one of my favorite images from this film is from the propaganda, and it's the, um, it's like a, a, a map of the United States, and then there's syrup sort of rolling yeah, down it. And this yeah. is exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. And like that to me is like so close to real propaganda, but at the same time, like so funny. Yeah. And the fact that they're using the syrup is like a metaphor for Canadians coming into the United States <laughs> to take over. Like that's so fun. And then, and then the response the president gives about how syrup is annoying. He's like, yeah, sticky. I hate that. It gets all over your fingers. Yeah. It's so sticky. It's hilarious. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if it's a compliment to Michael Moore. Or if it's a compliment to everybody involved. Yeah. Because I feel like in a lot of ways this movie is so poignant in what it's trying to say. But then in a lot of ways I feel like maybe that's coincidental. Uh, not not always, but some ways. I think I don't think this movie was, though. We should kind of get into that. So 
we have kind of an all-star cast with this one. We have John Candy, Alan Alda, Ree Perlman, Kevin Pollock, Rip Torn, Kevin J. O'Connor, Stephen Wright, Jim Belushi, Wallace Shawn, and probably more Jim Belushi. I mean, like, there's you so many Jim, people. Jim Belushi already. Oh, I did? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay, well. Um... <laughs> Oh, I Even, did. Hey, fu- that's hey funny. did you know did. Jim Belushi's in it, too? And also Jim Belushi's in this movie. Yeah, and it's hot, too. The opening scene of this movie is kind of hilarious, because it's Kevin... I mean, it's awful, because it's Kevin J. O'Connor trying to, like, <laughs> kill himself to send a message, because he got... I mean, essentially, the, the setup is there's um, this military uh, goods factory that's being shut down because we're not... The, the Cold War's over. Yeah, and so... Uh, in order to like appeal or something, you know, the gov- uh, the president shut it down, um, which actually like put more funding to better stuff. I think. Yeah, he like says ultimately, it was going to a bunch of like school was, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it was a it was a really good like. Um, which there's a funny quote in there because, uh, and, and it's the way that the president's speech is filmed, especially the first time you meet him here in this uh, like military factory. factory. Yeah. Uh, you only are seeing parts of what he's saying and uh, it's all sort of meant to make him look bad. Yeah. And so at one point he says, we need to turn on our children. Yeah. And then he, uh, like he realizes how bad that sounds and he goes, turn on our children as in like, no turn to them. Yeah. Uh, Which I like, that's so funny, but it also shows how human this guy is that he doesn't realize how silly the wording is. Yeah. Just writing it down. He has to like say it out loud. Yeah. Um, but but there's kind of a lot that does happen that kind of sets up what we're dealing with as far as I'm going to call it the universe that we're dealing with in this movie because it sure. as far as close as it might be to the real world it's so far from the real world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so Kevin J O'Connor's character tries to drive his car off the side of Niagara Falls and at one point he's just kind of jumping around um and a bunch of police just drive past him. Yeah, and they're actually it's they're, it's the escorts for the president. Yes. Um, now when we get to this scene, uh, we also hear over the radio that the sheriff are being paid for recovering jumpers. Yeah. And they say you get $25 for spotting a body. No, if, well, you, if it's you... 50, if you recover it. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Cause I thought it was 25. If you bring him alive, oh, God. 50, if you found the body or maybe I, that's, I that's what, what it was. They were saying. Twenty-five if you, you you stop them, fifty if you mm-hmm. get the body. Okay, yeah, maybe that's they, what it was. Yeah, they were talking about if you can get them to if you can talk them out of it, you'll get twenty-five dollars. Gotcha. If you recover the body, it's fifty. Which we then cut like immediately to Rio Perlman yelling jump, jump. Where her and John Candy both ju- yelling yeah. jump, and they realize that um, Kevin J. O'Connor's character is Roy Boy. They realize that he's like their friend. And yeah, they're like they oh. talked. They they briefly discuss how they all worked at hacker right and now they're the sheriffs yeah and so to stop him from well actually initially she doesn't give a shit and she wants him to jump anyways yeah but then to get him to stop she shoots him in the arm or in the shoulder but like nicks him yeah she nicks his arm that way he would fall over on the ground i guess and said which at that point he's like you shot me how dare you and he's like upset about it but it's like you just wanted to die you're gonna like drive your car yeah but he was trying to make a statement though which we find out earlier he had like uh spray painted a a billboard yeah uh, a hacker billboard hacker's a fuck in this movie man yeah and i understand why everybody hates him yeah for real Reed Perlman and John Candy have the funniest uh, chemistry in this movie. I know. Because his character's, like, in love with her. Yeah. But she is, like, this hard-ass... She's, like, independent. Totally. Yeah. And uh, at one point, he even says, like, God, I love you, because she's, like, handling the gun and stuff. Yeah. And then she points it directly at him, and he's, like... She cocks it. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way they set up her character to be... Immediately, you know, like, oh, she's independent. She doesn't need anybody. Yeah, she don't need no man. Um, And John Candy's kind of, like... Or I should call him Boomer. Yeah, Bud uh, Boomer. Bud Boomer. He's sort of, like, oblivious, but really good-hearted. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just trying to do the best thing. His intentions are gold. Right. And yeah. and initially, it actually does work out uh, in a way that you're like, oh, that's admirable. But then it starts to go down a path where you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, and and I say it's admirable, like, when we get the, the coup with the fake Canadian soldiers that come in. Yeah. And he, he's like, no, and, like, arrests them. And, like, totally, I'm like, cool, awesome. Like, he, he stood up to these guys instead of running away. Yeah. But then, like, where they go from there is insane. Right. I mean... Because they go to basically 
trashing Canada. They literally, <laughs> yeah, they you know they take their boat to Canada and they're like, "What's the worst offense you could do in Canada?" And they're like, "Litter." Yeah, I guess. And so they're like littering everything. And... Which then, when the police show up, they're like, "Could you just go back to where you're from?" Yeah, they're like totally they just don't get kind care. of talked out of it. And, I mean, we're not going to jump into what happens next because it kind of spins the story into a whole new thing. Yep. But it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But no. we'll, we'll come back to it. This movie was kind of like, it was a little bit, a little hard to follow. Totally. Uh, I, it it kind of felt to me like a lot of bits that they thought would be funny. Right. You know? And, and I mean, times, they made it work, but... It, it still feels a little long. Yeah. yeah. For an hour and 36 minutes. A lot minutes. happens in this movie. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed most of the humor. Like, I was, we were both laughing watching this. Yeah. So Now, I, I want to point something out. When we were turning this movie on today, I named off the cast before we turned it on. And I told you that Rip Torn was in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I said, $20 says he's a general. Yeah. Which then I said, or like a high-ranking police officer or something. Right. So like the highest-ranking one. We watched this movie where he's a general. Yeah. <laughs> And, he, I mean, he's just, like, pretty much playing himself at this point. I'm convinced he thought this was one of Michael Moore's documentaries. He just showed up. So this movie does touch base on some st- some interesting stuff, and, and like we were saying. And uh, one thing that, that the president tries to do because his, um, his polls are so low is to go to war with Russia. Yeah. He, he complains that there's no one – he's screwed as a president because there's no one to blame everything on. Right. And at one That's point, a fucked ass con- concept, though. Totally. And then at <laughs> one point, they're even in the war room going through slides of different like enemies of the state, basically. Yeah, to kill. Exactly, and to like pin some sort of war on. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Um, it makes it, me wonder if they really do that. <sighs> I mean, like, I know it. We we're not gonna get into this. We're not gonna we're, get into this, but I'm. I don't know. I don't think it's to that extent, but I think it's something similar. There is one thing that is said prior, to, just prior to the whole um, them bringing up Russia and this whole idea, basically. It, and it's the president basically almost gets shot during his initial speech mm-hmm. by an RPG <laughs> that Roy Boys just bought, that he for, bought 25 for like twenty five dollars. <laughs> and he's just, they're auctioning all that stuff off since uh, the company's going under, right? And he's just playing with it, and it goes off. It's not like he's trying to kill the president. Part of me kind of felt like he still did, but yeah, he was very goofy about it. Well, because they look back and he's like, oh, like, <laughs> like yeah. he didn't realize. Well, so what happens, though, is uh, Bud jumps on the president and essentially puts him on top of the grenade. Yeah, they but it doesn't that go off. Because he tried to say he jumped on the grenade. And they're right. like, no, you threw the pre- president onto the grenade. Right. But, but yeah, it doesn't go off. It didn't go <laughs> off. The next day... They say that his approval rating went up 14 points. Yeah. But then dropped back when everybody found out that he was still alive. Yeah. And then he said, um, Rip Torn's character says, the religious right had an uptick when we told them that you had died for five minutes or something yeah. like that. And I was like, oh my God. Like, even that doesn't feel that far from real. Yeah. And like, I'm not trying to offend anybody here. I get that everybody has their beliefs. But it is crazy how that type of stuff does affect people when it comes to voting. Right. And, like, public opinion. Uh, something as little as that. Because it doesn't even say anything to his religion. It literally just says, oh, he he was dead, legally pronounced dead, and he came back after a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. And so now these people all of a sudden are going to follow him. Like, that's a crazy idea. Yeah. Um, I didn't think of it like that when we were watching it. And that, I mean, that could just be me projecting and really putting a lot of thought into something. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say but that it kind of makes sense. Possibility, but that is the way I read it. It kind of yeah. feels that way. It's just, it's, it's wild. I guess this movie's kind of, in a way, through uh, exaggeration, opened my eyes to a lot of things that I didn't really think about. Sure. Me at too, actually. Point, I, uh, you know, we were kind of talking about that. Well, and at one point when the president's on the, the phone with Russia uh, <laughs> and trying to get them to go to war with them, he says, don't, don't be a sore winner. Yeah, because that's what he. Because yeah. they're arguing, and I don't even know what he's trying to say to them to convince them that they need to go to war. 
I know. He's kind of... They kind of don't really elaborate too much on how he's trying to convince them to go to well, war. Well, was he him. on the phone with the... I think he was on the phone with the Canadian one. Because didn't they have the Russian guy come in and they got him, like, KFC you're, No, you're right. Stuff? You're right, you're right. Because then he said that thing that... I'm sorry, you're right. But it is the Russian leaders that say, don't be a sore winner. They just say it to him in person. Yeah. So that's the part I was getting wrong. But he also... Uh, the, the Russian leader says to him... Uh, you have control of the world now. Um, right. I don't Which, remember what he said after that. It was kind of like something together, but I was just like, whoa, that's kind of a weird thought. Yeah, that tripped you up. We kind of talked about it for even a second during the movie. Yeah, I mean, just because, like, it's weird that another country would, like, willingly admit that to another country. It is kind of interesting. It almost, um... It's like they take turns or something. Or, I don't know. Uh, well, when you that's interesting. When you look at the wording, it does kind of feel that way. Yeah. To me, though, it almost feels like um, what would you even consider the feeling of? Imagine like uh, Mortal Kombat style fighting up a chain of people, and then you get to the top and you beat them, and they go, "Okay, well, you win." Yeah. I mean, that is Mortal Kombat. But um, do you know what but, I mean, though? Like, yeah. essentially, that's what they're saying: is like, you won. It's on you. Like, what, don't try to put it on us anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of interesting. There's a lot of factors to it, too, because it's also like, well, you're also kind of setting yourself up for someone to eventually take that from you. Also that you don't have to take the blame for something or so that people will yeah. like you more. Yeah, because the whole thing was that, you know, he wanted someone to blame all the issues with now, or issues on. Um, with all of that being said, now I'm going to turn to the opposite side of this where we look at why people didn't like him, and it was because he wasn't trying to go to war. Yeah, and that's, like, what's the most messed up thing. Because of how real that feels. Only, and I'm going to say this because we, most of our lives have been after a massive terrorist attack to our country. Yeah. And so we've lived through a, a country of people that literally were like, no, fuck that. We're going to war. We want to fight. We want to fight. We want to fight. So this movie doesn't feel that far from real when you look at it that way. Yeah. And the, I'm not making criticisms against anybody. I, I, and I'm saying that because I don't have criticisms to make. I don't have an opinion. But with that being said, it is interesting to see somebody parodying that six years before it happened. Well, and I think the most recent thing would have been Bush Sr., right? Desert uh, Storm? Sure, do you mean before that? I mean before this movie. Oh, sure. Well, and and that's the thing, too, because I'm not too familiar. I, I'm, I'm more interested in World War II, so I'm not super familiar with what was going on around this time. Yeah, like the 80s and the 90s. It's, I know there's of... the Cold War, and I know that that's obviously what this movie is sort of responding to, is the end of the Cold War and basically what do we do now. Yeah. But that's about the extent of what I know. But it's interesting, and and I guess I don't know enough about that to be able to relate this to that, but it is interesting how close this relates to something that did happen six years later. Yeah. And, and when I say that, I, I mean on a lot of levels and I'm not going to get into it, but it is interesting. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't seen this movie, watch this movie and kind of make the connections for yourself or make those decisions for yourself. If you think those things are related, but I think there's a lot of things in this movie that are crazily related to some stuff that actually happened six years later. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, anyways, <laughs> sorry, this, it's interesting because I think we both knew going into this movie it was going to lead to some kind of interesting and deep conversations. Or didn't, and we sure. just talked about like what we do with movies. But well, sure, I think that this was yeah, this was my pick, and it but, was. But even you initially said this might be a controversial pick. Yeah, because I I knew it was a comedy, so I was like, okay, well, I need to watch the trailer and see like what kind of movie this is, and see like if it's going to be like worth an episode. Um, and so I really wanted your opinion first and I was going to say, well, maybe we should just watch the trailer, but you were already kind of like, no, we could do it. Um, because after watching the, like half the trailer, I was like, this movie is, seems pretty controversial with some of the stuff they say. Cause that line where he says, you know, I don't have someone to blame it on uh, you know, all the guys before me had someone that was in the trailer and I was like, whoa, right. like that's kind of crazy. And then, but like John John Candy kind of sold me on wanting to do this movie. I don't know. I was thinking about John Candy, and then well, I was he's, like, I want to watch so a good great. John Candy movie. And uh, and and he has some really great scenes in this. When they go to see, they go to the hockey game. 
Yeah. And he's looking at the flag and he's like, what is that? Is that a weed? Is that weed <laughs> on there? Like that part killed me. Yeah, and yeah. He, he sets off like a riot by saying that he Canadian doesn't like, beer sucks. Yeah, Canadian beer sucks is what he says. As soon as he's done delivering that, it's dead silent and everyone looks at him. Because they're in Canada at this point. Yeah, they're at, they're they're at, at a, Toronto, ho- at think, a hockey right? game in Toronto. Or, yeah. And, and it's funny because even the hockey teams are stopped. And that, like yeah. the team members are like intermingled, staring at him. Yeah, like and they they don't care about each other anymore. And one of the hockey players jumps over the fucking glass and comes and fights him, and <laughs> that starts a riot. And everyone just starts fighting each other at that point. Totally. Like, <laughs> Which this is actually where the president recognizes him because it's on TV. Yeah, and there's a reporter basically explaining what happened, and then we see John Candy again, and he says, uh. All I said was Canadian beer sucks. And then the <laughs> cop stops and punches him and another riot starts. And like that is so funny. Yeah. This movie does say some things that are a little odd. Like there's no Canadian culture. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting statement. Like Like you don't uh you don't stay in and say let's let's get Canadian to take out or well, something. Yeah, so like you, you want to get Canadian food? Yeah, yeah. you want to get Canadian food. Which I thought was pretty funny. Um I mean, but poutine. It, it kind of reminded me. I, dude, poutine's so good, too. But it made me, uh, me think of somebody talking about how we don't, or how we commoditize seafood. Yeah. <laughs> That's another kind of random semi-political conversation. How we commoditize uh, seafood by calling it seafood, because we don't call our regular food land food. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but seafood is, like, stuff from the sea, though, so that kind of Yeah, like but makes... land food is stuff from the land. Yeah. He's, it, it was... He basically was explaining, and I don't remember who this was, so my bad on not being able to cite this person, but they were basically explaining that by calling it that, it sounded more exotic, and it was that's how you were able to market it. Oh. But seafood's actually, like, not good for you. Really? Like, at all. Uh, this sort of, like, leads up to the president saying, like, oh, people are getting irritated, or people are starting to get uh, aggro because of this riot that happened, and we're going to spin it. We're going to make it look like uh, some sort of anti-American thing. <laughs> And uh, this is where the the fake Canadian uh, soldier coup happens. Yeah, because that's uh, this this fucking guy that they send in with the Canadian coup. He's like your favorite character in the movie. <laughs> he just like I don't know. It it, it was weird because I feel like he's really like a shithead, but like he, he didn't give a fuck though. And he, like he's the like quintessential. It, I have my opinions, and I don't give a fuck what you have to say. Because there's right. times when he they even tell him straight up, like, oh, that's not even true. And then he's like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, just for no reason. Uh, but they send him in, this hard-ass guy. Yeah. And uh, he gets caught, like, immediately because he's pretty much incapable. Much like every single person in this movie yeah. uh, is incapable of doing what they set out to do. <laughs> Except Bud. Well, I guess at, at the end. Even then, it's like, what was he trying to do? I, I guess he was trying to save Honey, but she... He's trying to get her back. Saving. Yeah. Like, at all. Yeah. And we're going to get to that in just a second. Yeah. Uh, actually, we can kind of go there now, because essentially after that, uh, the coup, after they catch the fake Canadians, they do go over to Canada and they do the trash That's thing. That's where they trash it and... They leave honey. Yeah, they leave her behind, which... Why? They did. They obviously didn't mean to, but... No, it's not that they left her behind. She stayed. Uh, did she though? She well, literally yeah. watches them run away, and she just doesn't oh yeah, because she wanted to f- like she wanted to fight, she wanted to shoot him. But <laughs> there's like a weird subplot where she's obsessed with this the Canadian Tower, the Royal Canadian Tower. Uh huh. It's really weird subplot where she's obsessed with it, and that is essentially why at the end. I mean, jump in here. Well, Spoiler isn't it alert. because they find out that that's what can nobody knows? She's just obsessed with it. That's right. She becomes very obsessed with it. Yeah. Because she makes like the mashed potato tower. Mm-hmm. And then, um. What, oh. Uh, what was this guy's name? I wrote Kalbar it. Kalbar or Cabral or Cabral? Oh, it is Cabral. Cabral, yeah. Because then, uh, she's, she's trying to get him to say, like, like does this, does this look like something to you or something like that? Right. And he's like, well, I don't know. I've never seen a white one that size. Yeah, which that was great. Which it's, it's supposed to be obvious that it looks like the tower because they show you other, like, tower sculptures she's made. 
well, but and they, pictures everywhere of that tower. They do say, though, a couple times that the tower is phallic. And that's like oh, the whole they? argument. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. one of the arguments they make about Canada is that it's trying to like insert its dominance by making this tower because it's the like tallest tower in the world or whatever oh, yeah. at the time. Uh, which is so stupid. Like, that's what incites a war, basically. Yeah. They gotta come in here with their big dick. So she just stays, though. And, uh, Well, she gets locked up, essentially. She gets put in jail. Yeah. But it's very comfortable jail, because whenever you greet the police officer there, he says, welcome to Canada. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Uh, but like the whole point is that like instead of like because they first come in with guns and like hold them up right when they find out she was there or or when they're trying to find her and that's the thing he says to him he says welcome to Canada when they have guns to him right it's just, well and that's the thing too is they treat the Canadians as like basically like the most polite people to have ever existed because when they're trashing Canada literally and they leave Rhea, uh honey there uh. The officers actually have a conversation over the proper English way to say what one of them initially said. Yeah. And that's, like, what distracts them while the, while the people run away. Yeah. Like, like that to me was just, like, this is so funny. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, this also makes me want to do Deadly Do-Right at some point. Which one? The Brendan Fraser one? Yeah. The Brendan Fraser one. Uh, with that I don't think said, I've actually seen it. Let's talk about Jim Belushi's weird cameo in this. <laughs> I don't even remember everything he said, but he's basically, like, forming this apology. As it was soon as, weird. Uh, as soon as he's on TV. And he's, he's, like, saying how, like, I'm sorry for driving so close to the edge. And he's, like, especially to the people who are too close to the edge. You know who you are. And then he goes into, like, his report because he was, like, a reporter or something. It was so bizarre. <laughs> it was, like, what the hell? It was pretty funny, though. Um, um, yeah, it caught me off guard a little bit. It was, I thought it was a good moment, but, like, it was a weird bit. Uh, he did oh. some. He, like, ran people over or something, now, I one guess, of, but... One of the other more important parts of uh, Honey being left behind that I kind of forgot was that the president actually tells the the American citizens that she's being held hostage. Yeah. Which also kind of incites. They start this calling war. her hostage, honey, on like the like the 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 report. I guess like pretty much comes up the news report, right? And then essentially, um, their attempt to like extract her, or find her, is called Project Canadian, Canadian Bacon. Bacon. Yeah, yeah, they say the thing, and that was credits. And that's a movie, and uh, I give it a solid five. Yeah, five out of five. If the movie were over, it's not. But really, Honey's having the time of her life. Yeah, she's like just lounging on a couch smoking a cigar, which is, this is apparently her cell. Was it? Because she was just hanging. I know, and it looked like it was just in someone's living room, but it. I was thinking it had to have been the couch because it was before she gets like hospitalized, which was for like kind of no reason. Sort yeah, of. that was kind of It was like a mental check for her because when they get to the Mountie, before the they uh Bud Boomer and you know the other guys like finally come in, he's like writing a love letter and talking out loud. He's like, "I love you, even though you're a criminal." Right. Thank you for keeping your cell clean. I miss you. <laughs> he's like speaking super proper English too throughout it, yeah. like very poignant English. And Cabral says, "You're gonna learn how to talk right. Understand?" Like that <laughs> part was so funny to me. Yeah. Uh, well, then um. Uh, KJ O'Connor? Yeah. He's like, uh, we got ways of making you pronounce the letter O. He says, what are you talking? He's like, what are you talking about? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so fucking funny. Um, Which that's in the trailer. It's like one of the taglines. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to go through a couple of quotes because we're in this part and they're kind of a, just only relevant right here. But we actually go through some of the prisoners that are in this uh, Mounties um, office. Yeah. And the first one, he says, uh, this man was arrested for putting regular gas into a premium tank. Yeah, and the guy goes like, Neh. Yeah, he goes, yeah. yeah, he's like stoked on it. He's like, uh, <laughs> he goes, this man was arrested for being in too many bad moods. <laughs> Which, that's me. Like, yeah, but the guy literally just looked like he was like bummed out. Like, yeah. Like kind of just in a bad, like in a bad mood, I guess, yeah. <laughs> too many bad moods, man. Um, and then the last one, he goes, this man was arrested for merging his company with the conglomerate and firing all of his employees. And then <laughs> yeah. the guy's and like the guy at goes, the bars mm-hmm, and he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then Stephen Wright's like tasing him and he's like, get off the bars, get <laughs> off the bar. Like he's the worst kind of criminal. I loved that. 
Well, and then he asked him too later. He's like, "You want a glass of water?" And he's like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm." He's like, "Too bad." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like just before the the scene where they go to the Mounties office, so they they go into the Canadian Electrical Grid uh, mainframe mm-hmm. to see. This is where they break in with the guns and they're like getting ready to take over, and it's just an old man and an old woman. Yeah. Well, and, so so I was kind of confused because I thought this was at the tower. So this is not at the tower. Gotcha. This was, this was just like the... Just their grid. Yeah. Like the whole uh, Canadian electric grid. And they're just super surprised that it's just this old man and old woman. And yeah. uh, the old man, like, he kind of proudfully says, like, yep, it's just us or whatever, yeah. which I thought was so funny. Because then the old lady's like, oh, we, he takes so much pride in that. Like, it's so <laughs> funny. Uh, I also thought it was, like, hilarious, though, that it, like, to represent Canadians as having, like... Oh, we just let our these two old folks take care of all of our electricity. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, it seems like they were doing a good job, so. <laughs> You're not wrong, I guess. Except for how quickly it all gets turned off by John Candy because he just flips a switch. Yeah, that's true. And then that's actually where they go to the to see Stephen Wright. We find out about the Omega Force, sort of. Because <laughs> they go, we could send in the Omega Force, and then we get, like, zooms on everybody's faces, yeah, and it's like, like gas. Yeah. It's and... funny because they played with the camera work a lot. There was some parts where it was, like, a slow zoom, kind of, and, like, parts where it was, like, a quick zoom. And right. It, yeah, it was a funny scene. They used Good camera moment. movement as, like, uh, a way to really provoke emotion in this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. And um, they say, like, use of Omega Force is prohibited from being used on Caucasians. <laughs> And I was like, oh my god. Yeah, that's Which, by the way, the Omega Force doesn't do shit in this movie. Except, like, the shoot their own guy because he, like, The only guy toe. that they kill is their own guy. Yeah, he twists his ankle and he's like, oh, I'll be up in a second. And the dude just shoots him in the head and yeah. leaves him. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then none of them are capable of climbing stairs that John Candy could, <laughs> which was right. awesome, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't see that transition at all other than that he's like, oh, shit, 10,000 stairs. And then who is it that says it's time we put America back in North America? Was it some like celebrity or something? I or? don't I don't remember if it was like one of the people working in the White House or just some random person. But I was like, my God, like yeah. come on. Cause this is this is all that propaganda. It's all the propaganda against Canada. Yeah. We do see Stephen Wright later <laughs> playing cards with the prisoners. Yeah. Which that's when um Omega Force comes in. Yeah. And basically question where uh, Boomer. Bud Boomer. And- his name, I can't seem to get it, man. But yeah, Bud Boomer. He goes ask where uh, he is, which is essentially where Honey is. They're going yeah. to the tower. We get some weird conversations in this movie, too. Where Boomer mixes up Danny Glover and Morgan Freeman and essentially Eddie <laughs> Murphy as well. Yeah. It was a weird... I was like, whoa, yeah. okay. Uh, but it's it's during a conversation that he's having with... Uh, Cabral and Cabral. um and uh, and Roy Boy Roy Boy. Then Dan Aykroyd pulls them over. Yeah, that's a little bit after that because they're like at a campfire. Uh, sure, thing. sure. Uh, uh, and then they continue the conversation. And the, yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah, they get pulled over by Dan Aykroyd, which I had to I had to make sure because I didn't want to be wrong. But I was like, he does oh, look a Dan little Aykroyd. younger. I mean, in this movie, so well, and he's wearing a helmet, so you can't really tell. But like, it was the voice. Sure. That got me. I was like, that sounds like Dan Aykroyd. But I didn't want to be wrong, so like, well, anybody could. I never noticed like that. how um Is he Canadian? Yeah. I didn't know that. I never noticed how like wild he is with his voice until I watched uh Tommy Boy. I forgot like who he is in that. He runs the opposing motor company that his dad uh basically was going against. Mm-hmm. And he goes to meet him at the end. But he is he does his voice, but he does it so like me, 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 me. Like, yeah. and it's like, oh god. Like, oh well. Like, think about like Coneheads though, too. No, absolutely. But it's then, not to um, that extreme. But there's another movie he's in where he's like, man, he plays this like old ass judge. I can't even remember what it is. It's a weird movie. Oh, I don't think yeah, I saw I, it you're talking about um, nothing but trouble. Yeah, but we haven't. They talk about it on last podcast all the time. It comes oh. up like all the time. Oh, I think that's why I watched it. Oh, really? Yeah, that's funny. We should cover it. Um, it is a weird movie. He directed that movie. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Why does he pull them over? <laughs> oh, because uh, they've got, they basically graffitied a truck they stole from the Mounties office saying like, kill Canadians and a lot of like vulgar shit actually. And he's, uh, he's not okay with it because it's not 
particular to French Canadians only. Which which is the excuse that John Candy does give him. He goes, right. oh, we met French Canadians. Right. And he's like, so he makes them tag it in French as well. Right. So that awful. they know. Yeah, very So awful. stupid. It, um, it's kind of funny, though, because he's like, he lets him off the hook. You know, like, he's, like, real polite about it. But, like, it's funny because watching this, I, I always think of that line in um, Tusk. Uh, with uh, the guy from Epic Meal Time or whatever, he, when oh, he's in the Canadian office and he's Harley like Morenstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you would have kind of got it with the name. So yeah, it always reminds me of that line though when he's like, they're talking about like Canadians, like we're not nice, we're optimistic, right? And that kind of like plays into that a little bit too, because like the guy was like polite, but it was still kind of like, oh well, as long as it's about French Canadians. Right. It was, Which is kind of messed up, too. Well, it's like, yeah. They're so well, Canadian. It goes to show that they have their own, like, just the same. Yeah, It's exactly. all the same everywhere, yeah. Yeah. Um, Tusk. We're going to do that one in the future. Yeah, we. I, I'm surprised we haven't. We will. I've been waiting. Okay. Are we going to uh, do, we'll just do a whole Kevin James Kevin season. James, huh? Or, I mean, Kevin He Smith. loves when you people say so, that, too. You know what's so fucking funny? Is that I always, <laughs> I... I you are so bad now. with names. <sighs> Only sometimes, though. If if an actor has three names, you're never going to get it right. Well, what sucks if I, I'm trying to think of Kevin James, I fucking say Kevin Smith. <laughs> That's amazing. That's what I mean. It's like I always like mix those up, and it's so stupid because I know who they are differently. Like, Anyways, so yeah, that was kind of where I was going with that. Now, there was something that happens during this, like, little road trip scene with their little truck yeah. uh, that was kind of funny, and, and it sort of happens twice. But the first time, they're singing Born in the USA. Yeah. And that's the only part they know, so they're only singing Born in the USA, right. Born in the USA, Born in the USA. They try to, like, kind of murmur along to getting the rest of it, but right. they don't know what it is. And then they're like, uh, uh USA. Born yeah. in the USA, you know. And then uh, the second time we see him, it's Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> so All they know is so to say Oklahoma. Yeah, it's pretty great. Hacker, the dickhead that we talked about earlier, he sets Hellstorm, which is apparently, we find out, a missile system that essentially attacks every other major country in the world. It controls all of our... All the, the nuke silos. Right, in the U.S. In the U.S. Um... And he sets silos. it. He sets it to like what twelve hours, uh, and all of the missiles are going to launch at different countries. Right, and they auto. Um, they 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 do end up auto targeting like old uh, or Russia, I think. Yeah, they say Russia is one of them. There's a few. Oh, it's they, a few. They say it's essentially uh, all of our their our old enemies. Yeah. Hacker then tells the president that he sold Hellstorm to Canada and that Canada is doing it, which is kind of fucked up. Yeah. Because at that point, he's... Which you find out, it's essentially just because he wants more money. Because he'd never... Well, he didn't well, he make gets any shut money down off. by the president. Right. So he's trying to kind of, like, come back from it, you know? And But we also find out that he didn't sell Hellstorm to Canada. He just set some stuff up there and was in control of it here. Yeah. Which is, like, shitty. It's like he literally He didn't was, give them the operated, operating codes. Right. Uh, Which kind of, like, makes sense at the same time, though. Like, I mean, if you were to give another country control of something like that, wouldn't you want to, like, have, like, a fail-safe to it? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But it's... This I will say. It is not far from reality for a country to give other country arms for the sake of a little bit of money. Yeah. We've seen it happen. Yeah. So... Uh, to, to this extent, obviously maybe not, but we've seen it happen. The guys finally arrive in Toronto. Roy boy says, uh, I've never seen anything like it. It's like (laughs) Albany only cleaner. Yeah. Like that line got me because that's how I feel about, um, so I stayed in long beach and long beach to me felt like if Portland were clean and on a beach. Okay. Like, essentially, and I say that because it's, like, the same downtown structure. Sure. But there's, like, not homeless people everywhere. Because, so like, Mm. essentially, Portland has become New York in the 80s. And, uh... (laughs) It's pretty bad. (laughs) We're not doing good, guys. It was interesting, because I went there, and I was like, oh, I love this dynamic. It's, like, home, but 
clean. And that's like essentially what Kevin J. O'Connor said. Yeah. Like in this. And then Honey holds up the Royal Canadian Tower. And that's where everybody is. And so uh, Boomer, Roy Boy, and Cabral. Yeah, Cabral. Okay. They head down there and uh, try to stop her. When they get there, John Candy starts pushing through people in the crowd to get up to the, the tower. And yeah. he's pushing them out of the way. And they're saying sorry. <laughs> yeah. Which that part was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then... He goes to climb the stairs, and we see 10,000 stairs. Yeah, it's just a sign that says that, warning you. Right. John Candy does it. He goes up the 10,000 stairs. I choose to believe John Candy did it in real life. I mean, there's no evidence saying he didn't. I choose to believe that he did. Okay. Uh, however, the Omega Force does not. That is their demise, yeah. is the stairs, which is so kind of stupid. And I mean, like, they were already walking all the way to Canada from like North America, so... It's just, like, so funny that it's, like, this hyped up... Th- it's like the MacGuffin. It doesn't become anything. Yeah. Yeah. It was really for that one Or red joke. herring, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kevin Pollock's character, who we haven't really talked about a lot, is Smiley. Yes. He is essentially trying to do what's, I don't know, best and worst for the country. I mean, everybody, everybody in this movie is sort of corrupted in one way or another. Definitely. And, and he is, too. But he does sort of have a moral compass in well, a way. Well, it kind of seems like everyone sort of does, but, um, but they're except all maybe sort the of, general. But They're, they're and, just all sort of like caught up in the weirdest shit. Right, because like, like Bud, he's very patriotic, and but, you know, then he like goes to Canada and like trashes it, which ultimately is gets honey like, well, put away. He's kind of dumb, and like... Yeah. I, like at one point when they do finally when they finally go to Canada to get honey, like he's like, We're drinking another round before we go. Like he's taking his time. Well, I feel like that's kind of just that And was, it is a joke, but yeah. but if you really want to look into the character, it's like so he's probably an alcoholic, he's kinda dumb. He's super patriotic. He's yeah. supposed to be a, like a representation of some type of person in this country. And I'm not saying who, but that's obvious as to what he is. Yeah. And it's just ironic though that that the hero is none of them. I know. The hero. Not really. Who, well, who's it, our it's hero? It's kind of Pearl, or, uh, or I mean, Reed Pearl. Pearlman, uh, honey, honey. But what kind of Pearl. person is she, though? Radical. <laughs> and she's in, like, like, like the like real meeting, not like like sick. Because I mean, let's let's get to this. We we see her at the top of um, the Canadian Tower. Yeah, the with president like M sixteen or something. The president's losing his fucking mind because he thinks that Canada is in charge of the Hellfire or is that what it's Hellstorm. called? Hellstorm. Hellstorm uh, situation. He's uh, on the phone with the prime minister, begging him to turn it off. Yes, and they're Kevin, like, we don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Kevin Pollock's character Smiley killed a hacker. Essentially, it was on accident because yeah. he pushed him over the balcony and he landed on trying a to get the him. activation codes right. or operating codes. And <laughs> and she turns around and starts trying to like what shoot down this tower. Well, or she like hears it havoc. say that it's going to go off in a minute. Oh, and then, right. So she shoots the uh, like the air vent, and she goes in, and yeah, she just starts lighting up all the equipment because she sees the name hacker on the equipment. Yeah, and so she lights it up, destroying the mainframe for Hellfire or Hellscape, Hellstorm, Hellstorm. <laughs> Whatever, dude. I'm not, I don't. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Backdraft. Fuck it. Yeah. Back, Operation Backdraft. Um, uh, we probably. It's probably a thing we've done in the United States. Uh, and that's that's it. She saves the United States. Yeah, but, with point eight seconds for the missiles to launch. What kind of person is she, though? Let's think about that. She's a disgruntled uh, factory worker who is Beca- angry. She but also, also became a sheriff, though. Totally. So she's patriotic. Who also gets arra- uh, arrested she's in another country. She's also, she's a sheriff that's on parole. Right. <laughs> that's right. They mentioned she's on parole. They it's kind like of the make, beginning. she's an amalgamation of every single type of person because she has a masculine uh, personality, but she's a little woman. Yeah. And I think that there's something to be said there. When, the person that wins the war is everybody coming together. Yeah. And this little person. Nice. Yeah. And. And I don't know if that was intentional, and that's one of those things that I was kind of getting at, where I don't know if these things were intentional, but it's there. It is well, there. I mean, because that's your, like, interpretation of it, though. Absolutely. 
And like, and I say that, you know, this could be me projecting things, but I see that in this. I see that in her character, and I think that, I think some people should, should take some notes from what a strong female character is in a movie because she fucking is. She doesn't take any anybody's shit. Yeah, that's she's true. in the hospital. They try to try to keep her there against her will. She gets the fuck out, and the whole time, the almost every time you see her in this movie, she has a fucking M sixteen next. To her. Yeah. Like she, that, she even thanks them for keeping her American-made weapons, and then laughs totally. as she like cocks it. I mean, this movie, God, it it felt so long. I mean, I I think we were probably halfway through when I was like, "How long is this movie?" <laughs> no, I know because I was like, "I don't even want to look" because I know it's not as far as we think it is. <laughs> Although I felt like we were like forty-five minutes in, um, <laughs> which oh, is like kind of halfway half, for yeah. an hour and a half movie. Um, so, what do you want to rate this one out of, man? Canadian beer. All right. How many shitty Canadian beers are you giving this out of five? I kind of want to give it a three. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I give it a three. Like, as a movie, like, it wasn't a bad movie. Um, The comedy was pretty good. We get some pretty good, like, camera usage in it. Um, And, like, the writing for it I thought was, like, pretty decent for the most part. But, yeah, it was, like... It was kind of interesting to see this movie because, like, it was a comedy, but it was definitely, like, portraying how, like, America does take things and, like, how things kind of go, especially with, like, politics and things like that. And it's funny because it's from the 90s, and so it's it's kind of when countries were still obsessed with, like, who has, like, the most power, which, like, it doesn't feel like that's really been a subject for a while. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is, and it's probably just my lack of paying attention, but... Um, I think that the, what's changed is perceived power. Sure. Okay. Sure, I get that. Because, um, like, you know, power doesn't always mean who has, like, the biggest gun. Absolutely. And and on top of that, I, I don't think that... It, and I don't know, but I don't think that at this point in time any one person is in charge of anything. Cause I'm pretty sure that yeah. any one person making a decision is going to have a chain reaction of decisions from other people. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why it's kind of hard to say. I mean, I don't know, but, I, but I'll be the first to say, I don't know. I mean, like I, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I thought it was all right. I, I would recommend it at least once. Like I wasn't bored. It was kind of long, but like, I think it's pretty funny though too. And I mean, if you really want to like kind of think about it and kind of take a look at like, America, this is kind of a good movie to do that with. I don't know. <laughs> it's also kind of twisted because this is also like Michael Moore's view of it too. Because this was written, directed, and produced by him. Yeah. So. Um, but like, I don't have much of an opinion on Michael Moore because all I knew, I didn't know he made movies like this. I thought he just made documentaries. Sure. So like, I don't really know how to feel because I don't think I've seen any of this stuff. I was kind of too young when they came out. So maybe I'll have to go back and look at it now. I'm going to give this one a two out of five. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what I expected. I feel weird about this movie because it's not that I don't like it. Yeah. But I don't know that I would want to watch it again anytime soon. I kind of feel that way too. Like, Like, I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. Like, there were funny parts in it and I, I kind of, I feel like there were a couple of characters that were used really well in this movie or actors, I should say. Um, who were used really well in this, but I think that there were some people that weren't quite used enough. Okay. And I think that the script wasn't strong enough for the cast. I can kind of agree with that, yeah. Because this is a really strong cast. Yeah. And and that's not that's not really an, even an insult to the script, because look at the cast. I mean, mm-hmm. and, I, and I did mention Wallace Shawn during the opening, but, like, I mean, he's he's almost a joke because he's the Canadian Prime Minister who we see at the very end when they're showing characters and what they're doing now. Yeah, I mean, unless you and I were both taking notes at the same time and didn't see him on screen, like, we, you don't see or hear him until, like, the very end of the movie when they... Show him on the news or something. Or right. no, his credit. Yeah, it's during his the, end like, credit. The, exactly. Because so, it says Wallace Shawn as the prime minister. So this movie like had people available. And I almost feel like... I almost feel like Michael Moore had more connections than he maybe needed for this one. Yeah. But... I, but I also recognize that maybe that's unfair for me to judge a movie based on that. So... Uh, I don't know. I think everybody, I think that anybody with even a base level understanding of government and 
propaganda. And that's where, like, me liking World War II and stuff kind of made this interesting because of looking at propaganda and seeing how, like, actually similar it is to the shit that they did, like, basically not even 100 years before this. Like, 70 years before this. Yeah. Um, I think that you should then probably watch this movie. If you're a John Candy fan, probably watch this movie. Mm-hmm. If you like, um, like, SCTV or any of the Canadian comedians from the 90s, watch this movie. Yeah, they they did a good bit with the uh, the Canadian propaganda in America where they're saying Canadians, they're among us. And then they basically list like every celebrity that's Canadian. And you see a few names like Jim Carrey and um, uh, uh, who was the the last one we saw was Rick Moranis. Right. Which, which was really funny, which is hilarious because he's good friends with John Candy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say then maybe watch the movie. Otherwise, I don't know. This is a hard sell because I feel like there are a lot of people this movie probably would offend. Or that people would just be like, this is stupid. Yeah, and that's kind of why I was like, this was kind of like a weird one to pick. But, I don't know, I just kind of went with my gut. I also have been picking movies like super last minute lately just because I'm like, hey, I haven't seen this and I kind of am interested, so let's just dive in. Right. Well, and and actually (laughs) you saying that reminds me um, that I wanted to bring something up. This season, I'm doing all newer movies like uh, within the last like five years. So mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you guys what I'm doing the episode before so that you can watch it. Cause I don't want to really spoil some of these movies for you guys. <laughs> so like last week we did upgrade that movie was only a couple years old. Yeah. Um, this next week we're going to do Mandy. Yep. And I'm very excited. Zach's not seen it. I started to watch it before. Um, I was kind of in a weird head space, so I wasn't feeling it, so, but I'm excited now after seeing like the trailer and stuff. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch this one again. I've kind of been putting it off, putting off rewatching it for this. So cool. Um, yeah, that's that on that on that. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, make sure to go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at wawwt pod. I also want to tell you guys that we have a Redbubble page, Redbubble.com/slash wawwt pod. We got some merch. You can also go on our Instagram, click the link in the bio to find that. Check it out. Um, please make sure to leave us a review um, on any of the platforms you're listening on. iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher. Yeah, so anyways, yeah, make sure to go watch Mandy. That movie was awesome. Panos Cosmatos. You'll know when you see it because it's the bright purple color. Yep. Yeah. Big, All right. uh, big old purpley. <laughs> yeah. Peace, bitches. Watching this.